back to another episode of the Exterminatus Podcast, all things competitive in the world of Warhammer 40,000. My name's Eric with me is my co-host Robert. I would do Stitch saying hello, but my, my throat's a little screwed up today. Meh. That's okay. <laughs> Rather see. We'll do it another time. Stitch, of course, one of the best Hawaiian. Hi. In- there it is. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> So a very busy weekend, which is kind of unusual because we're going to be talking about not some of your more popular names because where are they? Well, they're all in Belgium this weekend. Uh, start of the WTC, formerly the ETC. And you think I'm talking about uh, various uh, government agencies. You'd be wrong. That would be the World Cup of Warhammer 40,000. It's been around for quite some time. I want to say I think it started right around 4th edition. 5th edition was when I became aware of it. And... Um, so what this means is uh, 36 nations, I think, are at it this year. I, I lose track. I apologize. But uh, they're actually doing a pod system, just like the World Cup. of, And uh, they play each other, and then they go into a knockout stage for the best Warhammer international team. So very exciting to see how that plays out. They're also the innovators of the team tournament, which uh, both of us have had some experience with. Yep. It is definitely something that, as the WTC has become more and more prevalent within the world of Warhammer, because beforehand you would get the people that would go, do you do ITC or WTC scoring? Do you use those missions or those missions? And it was a clear line of, how do you play your 40k? Now it's, uh, well, we just kind of do the same thing. Except for we have things. They don't have things. We have eight people. <laughs> You're one schmo. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things, and, and some of our longtime listeners are going to be like, Eric, you have totally got 180 degrees on this. And you're absolutely right. Back in 5th edition, um, it may also be a, I had a bad experience, too. I interviewed a few WTC players, and I asked them, why, why do you make the decisions you do? And they kind of just went well, we're better players than you. Of course we know what's right. And I was like, oh, okay. This interview's over. Um, <laughs> but um, that was kind of the thing. They, they developed their own missions. They developed their own terrain. They developed a lot of these things. And so, and those were mostly adopted in Europe. So the Europeans literally played a different game. It was still 40K, but a, played a very different game than we played here in the States. And even here in the States, we didn't play the same game compared to East Coast and West Coast. So finally, when 8th Edition rolled out and people started playing at the same mission packs, things started to gel. And I think this year is probably the first time in a long time that we can honestly say that we are all playing the same game. And I think the biggest being that uh, Games Workshop rolled out the templates for their terrain for their uh, GDAP open events. And they're very much heavily inspired by WTC. So it's, I think finally we're all on the same page at this point that we're all playing the same game. So it's kind of nice. Yeah. Except for the fact that I think the WTC still has like a firm, no forge world policy. Um, I'm not. I, sh- yes, I'm not sure yes. on that one. That is correct. They have, um, and they've had that forever. Uh, some of the other intricacies of the WC, I remember distinctly in Fifth Edition, they did not allow special characters, so no named hmm. characters. Allowed, but they eventually came around on that, and um, 
there were others, uh, some interesting things with that. But um, the virtual thing is kind of waxed and went. Honestly, it was the ITC and the, the frontline gaming guys that really pushed the virtual stuff. Played with all your toys. Why, why are we putting restrictions on that? And I think that did more harm for the game than good, to be honest with you. Um, there's always well, be this rare resin model that just has rules that were never updated properly that created huge imbalances. Well, like, I remember the first time I ran into a Forge World piece, I think I ran into the Soul Burners, like the, the Decimators or whatever they oh. were for Chaos Space Marines. Yep. And I'm just sitting here going, <clears throat> you're telling me that thing is like a Dreadnought, but does mortal wounds on twos. <laughs> that's that's not That's not right. But what's its range? Oh, it's only like 20 inches? Okay. I just need to stay this far away and shoot at you. Yeah, it was... There's several options of that. Uh, Malefic Lords were one of the banes of early 8th edition. Um, 7th edition was marred with... You could easily splash in semi-super heavies into your list. Uh, there was an Eldar one, I want to say it was either Lynx or the Cobra that actually made its way around. Uh, the Storm Raven was very popular for Marine lists, both Loyal and Traitor. Uh, there's a Fire Raptor, which is a variation of the Storm Raven, which it just skews troop transports for more firepower. It just, And of course, the Brass Scorpion was another um, piece that was just murder people. So yeah, there's all kinds of fun stuff. Yep, and speaking of fun Forge World toys, the other thing that they did on Saturday has me kind of annoyed. Okay. Um, the Serastus Lancer went up for pre-order on Saturday. Oh, this is the plastic one? Yep. Apparently it's still posable. Much like the resin cousin that I own and is primed and is ready to be painted. But it's a little more expensive than a normal night. It's a whopping $200, I think, is what Ray found. Okay. I could have waited, Eric. I could have waited yeah. and saved. <laughs> yeah, I know how you feel. I don't know what's better, what better or worse. I'm still on the fence about this, that I could have waited and saved, or... Oh, I have. I was just adding this up the other day. I have close to six hundred dollars in Forge World stuff that's now uh, tournament illegal. I honestly think that's something to be more mad about. Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff is some of the stuff kind of like it waxing. First of all, there, with the exception of maybe one model that I'm like, I want that model because it's cool. I will freely admit I bought those models because I needed. <laughs> I needed the juice. I needed the, 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 the crutch to get me through the competitive scene, especially during 6th and 7th edition. My Fortwood purchases were substantial. Um, so yes, I do have a um, what's that thing called? It's Eldar tank with a big gun on it and it did D damage. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, uh, like something Hunter or something? Warp Hunter, thank you. I have a Warp Hunter, for example. I have two Hornets that... Uh, at least I bought the real things, not uh, China Cast. Uh, what else do I have? 
I have a Tau Barracuda. I bought that for some odd reason. That's one of the few models. I was like, that's a cool looking model. I want that. Um, gone. And oh, I bought... I still have one of the... Oh, no, I sold it, I think. I sold it part of my... When I sold my Tau army. So I don't have that anymore. I used to have... They, some reason, Fortal came out with like nine variations of commander suits. And the rules were just bonkersly broken. So... <laughs> so I had two of those. I sold them as part of my collection. Um, but then the other thing was they had all their cool stuff that they don't make anymore. Like they had some really cool terrain sets and um, even it, brace yourself, folks. They even had Xenos terrain. They had Tyranid capillary spires. Those things were awesome. They're gone. So. But yeah, otherwise just keep on trying to play with your toys. Try to get them where you can. Because as far as I know, the GW logistics are still in a tizzy. Yeah, I haven't seen a whole lot of movement at this point. And the other thing I thought was very strange is this week was Gen Con. For, and for those of you who don't know, Gen Con is the largest trade show, at least on American soil, for this industry, for all games, not just uh, miniatures, but board games. There was no preview. There were no new products. It was kind of... Kind of just a lump in the night. <laughs> yep, there was an eight-person tournament there, but whoop de diddly do. <laughs> they used to. They tried doing more tournaments in the. I think it's just a question of space because they have so many vendor space there. Mm-hmm. And um, so the idea of yeah, we're going to set this aside for people to play a tournament that you can play anywhere. Let's see why. But yeah. Yep, but otherwise, we actually found a bunch of events that happened this weekend a couple are here locally in the u.s and the other ones not so much yep i'm expanding the globe so as i mentioned it'd be interesting uh to hear some of these players as um some of the all the uh, top players of the world are gathered in belgium this is what everybody else was doing this weekend so uh, robert where do you want to start well we're gonna start in arkansas arkansas (laughs) yep the war in the fort gt so this one out of 32 tickets they had 30 players sign up which for the middle of arkansas i'm assuming is a pretty okay thing (laughs) well played sir well played well i've never been to arkansas so i wouldn't know but in the top five um I think this was kind of a hogs of war household because there's a lot of them. But anyway, the top five, we have Brian Pierce going four and one with Imperial Knights. In fourth place, we have Howard Watts with Ultramarines. What? We'll read that later. Um, In third place, we have Mike McKinney with Imperial Knights. In second place, we have Eli Harvey with Death Watch. And in first place, we have Peyton Priest with Gene Steeler Occult. Nice. I think it's a I think it's their time to show up, I think. Yeah, a lot of folks have been kind of speculating that it's Gene Steeler Occult is just one of those armies so suffering from a hobby lag. You mentioned the uh, infrastructure, but also it's an army that takes a lot of building and and even and even if you had a Gene Steeler army from last edition the models you're using now are a little bit different. So, Yep. 
so the Ultramarines list was, I mean, it has Gilliman in there. So Gilliman is a fun time. A Phobos librarian, the normal Primaris apothecary, a brick of desolation Marines, Cursor Squad, Infiltrator, a Predator, Annihilator, two Predator Destructors, a Repulsor, a Scout Sniper Squad, and two Whirlwinds. This was <laughs> legitimately... Hey, Gilman, re-roll my stuff, please. <laughs> Just like the old days of Gilman and three Repulsors. Not as adventurous as I thought it would be. No. But it's, it's interesting. It's very um, compact and very efficient. So it seems ideal for me, especially if you're traveling to tournaments. Yep. I'm going to bring like 10 tanks and Gilliman and a couple of dudes and we're going to call it good. Yep. Sounds good to me. So the Gene Stealer cult guy, though, this thing is probably a backbreaking army. Like I'm going to guess 150 models. But Clamavis, two Nexos, two Primus, Reductus Saboteur. I don't know why he's suddenly French. And it looks like a minimum squad of Acolyte hybrids. Another minimum squad of Acolyte hybrid. No, one is twice the size of the other. So, And then another minimum squad of Acolytes. Another minimum squad. Another big squad. Another big squad. And then one, two, three, four, five, twenty-man bricks of neophyte hybrids. How many battle line is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven units of battle line <laughs> with two units of ridge runners. They're each an individual model. Well, first of all, someone needs to page Battle of Lost Souls because they just ran an article this week saying that Battle Line is useless and nobody takes Battle Line units. So, um, hello. <laughs> so, 20, 40, yeah, 20, 40, 60, 80, 100 models just out of the Neophyte hybrids. A lot of painting, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. 10, 20. That might be some serious slap chop right there. <laughs> 30, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48. Dang, it was off by two. <laughs> I'm just thinking about this army too, okay? So he's got a hundred of those things. And then they keep getting recycled, which just makes it even worse. Yep, he literally picks them up in droves, sets some somewhere and then put some back on the table wow. again backbreaking army <laughs> that's insane stuff and yeah. i know a lot of people say once you learn how to play against gene sealer cult they really aren't as powerful but i think we have one gene sealer cult player in our whole area i mean i i think i played them twice in five years <laughs> as far as i know i think there's three and i've played against one of them once. <laughs> okay, you're out of me then. <laughs> no, they're just a really hard army to get into because they play either horde or heavy vehicle, and the heavy vehicle is fun and all, 
but then that's just another army with the actual battle line stuff. You can actually interact with the table and you got to do what I think Tyranids used to do, like the endless swarm stuff mm-hmm. in some odd edition or something. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Yep. Cedar Swarm or something like that. I forget what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, you just got to bring back Gaunts all the time. Yeah, I mean, you can still do it now with the Turvagon, but back then it was ridiculous. I forgot what it was. It was it was pretty wild. And they would just, yeah, just carpet up. The, the other problem was they would just carpet up the table, so you're just like, I can't get to the objectives. There's literally too many models in the way. So. <laughs> yep. So... Because I can never remember state this is in Maryland. There we go. We're going to jump over to something that's actually a little more heartfelt, and that's the battle to end Alzheimer's in Westminster, Maryland. Mm-hmm. This one had a yep had a resounding seventy nine players. If I may, if my math is right. Looks pretty close to that. Yeah. But again, a noble cause, definitely a terrible disease, and nice to see that uh, using the powers of Warhammer for good to help improve the overall community. So uh, what's our top five look like here? Well, in fifth place, we have Jonathan Colson with Custodes. In fourth place is Ken Knox with Death Watch. In third place is... Mark Hurdle, also with Death Watch. In second place, we have Matthew Bragoon with Yunari. And in first place is Ruben I. Fernandez with Norma Eldar. So it was definitely an Eldar show. Not without much of a try of the Death Watch to purge the Xeno scum. I like the way you said that. Hey, I also play Custodes, Eric. Like, uh, give me a little bit of leeway. I guess so. Yeah, Ruben actually beat out uh, Ken Knox in the final, so Ken Knox dropping to fourth place and uh, take over the lead there. But even that game was a pretty tight game. He only won that 61-54. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that was a tight game. Holy yeah, crap. Xenos Hunter's coming after the, uh, the uh, Eldari there, so very interesting. And I'm just taking a look at Matthew Burgoon's last battle there. It looks like he played Drew Rhodes. And trying to see what Drew is playing these days. Give me a sec. Looks like Drew Drew ended up falling to 10th place with Necrons. But um, that other top table was um, 100 to 77. So, So looking at Ruben's actual Eldar list, you would expect to see something called a fire prism. Mm-hmm. And triplicate. Nope. It's not in there. He does have the Wraith Knight. Okay. But he has two units of warp spiders, a couple of war walkers, a unit a one man unit of vipers, and a couple of void reavers. And then double night spinners. So he's definitely like, no, you're not walking up to me. Go away. Ooh. Indeed. Interesting list, though. And Ruben, I'm trying to remember what Ruben's played in the past. I don't remember being an Eldari player, but uh, definitely onto something new there. So I'm curious to see 
um, what he does with this moving forward. That sounds pretty exciting. Unless Eldar get bombed, then at that point he'll have to go back to wherever he came from. You know what, though? If they do get bombed, I mean, it's being he's doing something different already gets him a step ahead. So that's why I'm like, this might be fun to watch. So, yeah. And then the last American event is the Midgard um, GT in Derry, New Hampshire. A solid 32 players for that event. And fifth place was Philip D'Anjo with Tyranids. Never thought I would say that. I never thought I would say Tyranids won an event in 10th edition either, but they did. <laughs> in fourth place, we have Eddie Carando with Eldar. In third place is Michael Moran with Imperial Knights. In second place is Colin Burns with Eldar. And first place is Jonathan Green with Gene Sealer Colt. The cults just pop it up everywhere. I mean, it's kind of what they do. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and yep. See, see tournaments this big in New, New England. This just didn't happen when I lived there. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So taking a peek at the GSC list, it's very much the here's my brick of dudes. They're not going anywhere. And he decided to mix it up with some aberrants and two smaller units of jackals. Nice. So some mobility instead of you can't destroy all of us. You know, when you think about the game as a whole, I know a lot of people are like, oh my god, this is broken. But on the same point, it kind of goes, the game really was supposed to be less about killing and playing the mission. So can mm-hmm. you out... Now, I have not, again, as we talked about earlier... I haven't played against Gene Silver Cult. So I'm beginning to wonder, is that something? Can you out-mission a list like this? I don't know. I don't know. You could sure as heck try. Um, <laughs> I, I do feel kind of bad for Michael with his Imperial Knights. In round four, he got paired into Colin. And that one was a 96-10. Wow. <laughs> I've had games like that before where it was just like, okay, you you don't get to play. And they're not fun, but he must have gotten some terrible, terrible secondaries throughout the game. And yeah, Colin's list has the three fire prisms and double hornets and some D cannons. So he had plenty of high strength stuff to deal with Imperial Knights if he got to go first. But congratulations to all of them. I think we're now going to depart for good old Great Britain. Mm-hmm. Get your passports ready. Do some stamping. Where are we going next? Well, we're going to hit up the lead super major. This one was 202 people. Yeah, it's a big event. Yeah, so they did a uh, top cut of the top four after it mm-hmm. looks like one, two, three, four, five rounds. Yep. So I will make a mention of Nicholas Willingale, the guy who came in fifth with Gene Steeler Colt after the five rounds. You gave it a heck of a show in there, dude. Sucks to bubble out like that. Yeah. <laughs> in fourth place, we have 
Christopher Radford with Deathwatch. And third place is Luke Quadling with Osiriani. So I'm assuming it's Eldar. And they just haven't gotten rid of it. Um, in second place was John Swallow with Eldar. And in first place is Josh Roberts with Eldar. Only dropping two points out of the entire event. Yeah. Almost perfect 100 scores all but one game, which dropped 98 points. Um, yeah. The other I'm looking at is, why is Josh Roberts not at WTC? But okay. Maybe he can't make it. Maybe, because he's normally what? For Team England? Yep. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. His his list is not fun to play against. It's double Wraith Knight with um, Shadow Spectres and the handful of characters. Oh, he has the Avatar in his list. Of course he does. Glad to see that the Avatar is actually good for once. It's so many, so, and you know, it's so many times that the centerpiece model is just a waste of time. So, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong there. But this one was very much an Eldar showing that Death Watch guy, Christopher Radford. Um, sorry, man, <laughs> you you didn't have a chance there. Yeah. Hey, quick honorable mention. Uh, it's not. It, it's pretty hard to go undefeated and still come in 34th place. But um, friend of the show and uh, pulled that off, and that'd be Malik Amin Rubio. <laughs> he managed to go uh, 3-0-2 with his Gene Stiller cult army. Because uh, he ended up tying with Sam Boardman and Kieran French. Yep, so with two ties, kind of takes a little win when everybody else is winning so it's like oh right, come on <laughs> so yes undefeated on the weekend but uh did not make the final cut womp, womp, womp. well i think we are going to continue down the globe here and go up a little north and get your steins ready because we're going to bedburger schunenkloppen <laughs> So this should be interesting it, as well, is uh, Germany is definitely one of the favorites for the WTC, but with uh, all their top players uh, at the championship, let's see who's uh, stayed behind in the Heimatland. So in fourth, play, in fifth place, we have Kevin Mai with Gene Steeler Colts. In fourth place is Norman Werner with Thousand Sons. And I apologize to everyone. I took a couple of years of German in high school, so I will default to trying to say their names in actual German, <laughs> German <laughs> subtext. So we have Christian Matschke with Custodes. I, I know for a fact I butchered that last name. Second place, we have Alessandro Lissom with Eldar. And then first place is Christian Brewer with Gene Sealer Colt. Right. Pretty good on those. More Gene Sealer Colt. Also, this is Gene Sealer Colt's week. Yeah. It's a, bit, it's, it's a plan generations in the making, I guess, that they've been, they're finally going to take over. We've been worrying about them popping up, and this is now, what, third event we've talked about them? Yeah, yeah. It's It was definitely something that I remember when GW made mention to them in their Meta Watch thing. Keep an eye on them, because they're a really powerful army but they take a lot of skill to do right. Yeah. So taking a, a browse of 
the custodes list here to see what kind of stuff is going on here because we saw like 30 custodian guard in one list and we saw a bunch of bricks of other guys in another this one is very much the same minimum custodian guard squads a three mandalore squad and then he opted to take 18 wardens that seems like yeah <laughs> Well, when you get the ability to, hey, I'm minus one to wound if you're shooting at me with a stronger weapon than my toughness, as long as I have a character. And then once per game four, I feel no pain to everything. Yeah, it's kind of all right. <laughs> and then the Calidus Assassin and some exaction squads, which, no, I will not be a meta sheep. I will not go get 35 point unit. <laughs> <laughs> I will learn the hard way. It's funny. I'm getting a lot of questions about that for our coming uh, major about those squads. Can I, can, they're hard to find. Can I? Can I uh, proxy these models in for them? I'm like, this won't even look the same. <laughs> and then the last event, we are going to go down to where all the big spiders live, and that's Capital Clash. Here we go down in Australia. Yep, your current defending champions for the WTC. Yep. So this event, the top five, were Joshua Brody with Gene Steeler Cult. In fourth place is Jack Lavercom. Uh, yeah, Lavercombi with Eldar. In third place is Dale Mann with Eldar. <laughs> in second place is Taylor Hill with Gene Steeler Cult. And then first place is William Wickoff with Necrons. At least we got a new number one. We haven't heard, we haven't seen a lot of Necrons so far this week. Yep. So the Necrons, I th I've kind of seen how these guys end up building once or twice. Like they're very much a we're going to be really stubborn kind of thing and really obnoxious. So they have a Hexmark Destroyer with the I'm totally leading a vehicle unit or a, a normal Lord, an Overlord, a couple of Technomancers, the Transcendent Catan, who is really, really, really obnoxious to deal with, some Reanimator, well, a Reanimator, a couple of units of Crypto Thralls, a Deathmark unit, a Doomsday Arc, a, flayed, a unit of flayed ones, a couple of units of locust destroyers, a couple of units of locust heavy destroyers, two bricks of lich guard, and then a minimum squad of tomb blades. It's a lot of army for two thousand points. <laughs> it's a lot of army that's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> that's for sure. Because between that reanimator and the twenty lich guard with the crypto thralls, yeah, that's. <laughs> That'd be hard for even knights or custodes to move. Hmm. I'm trying to think the uh, reanimators are they? They're not leaders, are they? Or like long No, no, no. The reanimators are when the ninth edition Necron stuff was coming out. They were the smaller thing that came in the Indominus box. Then they eventually released the Doomstalker. Mm -hmm. 
which is the taller and bigger base version. So these guys, all they really do is they improve your um, reanimation protocols. Oh, okay. And, yeah. So what's the one I'm thinking of that adds, you could roll an extra die, so you can bring back 2d3 models for um, reanimation protocols. That's either the Technomancer that's in the unit, Ghost Arcs, or something else. Okay. But basically, it's a... Or it might be a natural buff that the Necron Warriors get when they're on an objective or something. Yeah, they get that too. Then there's... Uh, yeah, I made a mistake. Something else probably a cryptic. You're probably right. I just remember saying yeah. that. Like, oh, this, this is kind of... This must start stacking up, and all of a sudden, yeah, you're replacing just droves of warriors in no time. Yeah, the honestly, the problem child of this entire list, as much as I want to say it's the Catan, is actually the Crypto Thralls. Hmm. Okay. Because the the Crypto Thralls, mathematically, they are a bla- They are a a chunk of something like 10 or 12 wounds because they have a four up in Vuln and they have a four up feel no pain. Mm. And the way they used to work is they, you could bring them in a non force org slot as long as you had a crypt tech. Well, now you add them to a unit that a crypt tech is in. So very much like how you can have captains and lieutenants, it's here's your overlord, here's your cryptic, and here are your crypto thralls, all slapped into a unit. And they're each two wounds. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I... Today, well, after I finished playing uh, our buddy Mark Whitaker, I caught a little bit of a game of Necrons versus Thousand Sons. Magnus did, in close combat, he did six or seven wounds and killed a whopping two warriors because of those Crypto Thralls. Now, was it just healing them back or just preventing them from actually doing damage? Um, a little bit of both. Okay. Because the, the Necrons have a stratagem that the timing is after they're shot at or after the opponent fights them, you can immediately do a reanimation protocol. And because the Crypto Thralls are now a part of the unit, you can reanimate the Crypto Thralls. <laughs> That's why I said they're a chunk of like 12 wounds. It's impossible to get rid of that unit almost entirely in one round. Like you have to roll some of the hottest dice ever to splat the crypto thralls, to splat the bodyguard unit, and maybe damage a character. Yikes. And that's not even on. And that's on like a brick of warriors. The, the Lich Guard are even more durable than that. Yeah, those I've seen mm-hmm. and um, very familiar with. Yeah, those I recognize. Interesting. And congratulations, Eric. 
You have ten Lich Guard. <laughs> Why more? <laughs> and you also have six Crypto Thralls. You're welcome. <laughs> that I didn't know. I was just like, I think I might have one or two of those. So still trying to figure out what's what's what, especially with the newer stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, these do hickeys. So the the easy way to find crypto thralls, they're cyclopses and they have really hunched backs. And they're on like twenty eight millimeter bases. And people want them. <laughs> yep. Because they they don't get sold by themselves as far as I know. But yeah, that was all six of the whopping events that were going on this weekend. And I, I can't find the WTC stuff because as far as I know, the pairings haven't actually happened yet. Yeah, I'm not sure either where they are. I was told they may have been uh, call it, on BCP, but I did not find them. Maybe it didn't set the search parameters correctly at this point. But um, as of this point, this weekend was the singles part of the tournament, which is um, take with a grain of salt because a lot of players will do one of two things. Either not play at all because they don't want to tip off their opponents how their list works and mm -hmm. uh, want to forego the additional fatigue of playing eight games. And then the other option is somebody does come, but they bring a list that has nothing to do with what they're bringing to the team portion of it. Yeah, so the the entire thing of here's the list for the singles event and then here's my list for the teams event. I would be a madman to do that, but I also really like playing 40k. So if I could sleep at the venue, I would. <laughs> Stay in that between rounds. Not a big deal. Sleep? What's that? But yeah, otherwise, the, there hasn't really been much talk as far as I know, because I've been kind of living under a rock at the moment. Yeah, I mean, there's still rumors of a uh, some sort of balancing data slate uh, early, early coming up, so I don't know. It's not until September now. It's it's kind of confusing at this point. So we'll just kind of wait and see. But like um, you said, that the last Metal Watch article did call out some of the frequent offenders that are just getting a ton of um, top places, which we talked about. So yep. yep, they're they're all getting eyeballs on them, and the. I guess the only other thing that is possible to talk about is the the re the re-release of Epic because I know you had made mention that you really liked Epic. That's why you got into 40k. I am not going to touch Epic with a ten foot pole because tiny tanks and tiny marines give me so much anxiety. <laughs> now it was a lot of fun the game was a lot of fun and um, I think the best way I described it I think we, I think we talked about last episode was um, imagine seeing your favorite character 
as you know being cosplayed at some event and the guy takes his mask off and it's the person you hate most in the world um yeah the new models are, are redone they did a nice articles showing them side by side between the old models that i loved compared to these new ones and all the newer technology and plastic mold making these, these things look so cool and mm-hmm. um but at the end of the day it's still horse heresy and my army is your army and your army is my army it's just a matter of what what toppings we put on it and then we just sit down and play in a mirror match so it's just like so frustrating so uh, and it doesn't sound like there's going to be a whole lot new coming out anytime soon I mean for something like Epic I wouldn't expect them to do excessively crazy releases like they do for 40k and Age of Sigmar and stuff because it's all here's your base of your 10 dudes or whatever you don't need to go and buy more than like one or two of these boxes or whatever unless you're a weirdo and want to play like all of the infantry I believe they have yeah like you said they, they pretty much give you everything you need in the box and um and it's really cool the way they set it up. I know in the previous versions, let's say you just mixed and matched um, your leader into certain, because the center peg is what, kind of where the leader sits. And now with uh, the magnet technology, that'd be really awesome to kind of mix and match, you know, from game to game as you're trying to develop your list. But um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm like, it looks cool. They, a lot, they brought back the old Titanicus terrain and stuff's pretty cool. But mm-hmm. it's, it's marine and it's guard and that's it i'm like oh i mean at least that they wish they at least had done you know the Hellas heresy ad back those look really different i was really hoping because they do have demons and and um horus heresy that they would bring demons to this epic i would i'd be on that in, in this heartbeat but... oh yeah having little like actual little hordes of blood letters and stuff like that yeah and then, because um, that's the first time when that's one of the nice things about Epic is they kind of had to stretch the uh, scale of the game as well as the fiction. And that was the first time we saw the Chaos Primarchs. They were in they were in the Epic, hmm. and they give you an idea of the scale of this game. The, the since the uh, infantry are six millimeter, the Primarchs were pretty much the same size of a regular Space Marine. So I had because I had a Chaos Army in addition to my Eldar Army, I had. Fulgrim, Magnus, um, Angron, and I don't think I had... Uh, Mortarian? I don't think I had Mortarian. Hmm. I don't know why. They don't think I ever got him. So yeah, it was pretty cool. But I definitely had uh, Fulgrim. He was my favorite. I was like, that's the cool, that's a really cool looking model. And out he went. And... Yeah. But... So I guess in hobby projects i actually had fun painting terrain today what what was this now i mean it wasn't 40k terrain so that's why it's not as important it's for shatterpoint and it took me an hour to paint a single building well that could be pretty big i mean well when you look at the scale of shatterpoint to 40k mm-hmm most characters on 40 millimeter bases 
there's a couple that are on 50s. And these buildings are big enough to probably hide most of a dreadnought behind. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good size. Yeah. Now, unlike 40k, where you can see through some, nah, Shatterpoint are just solid bricks of buildings. You don't get to see through anything. Hmm. Yeah, the game looks pretty cool. I, I think you were the one who showed me the uh, General Grievous. Well, the first thing I noticed was, holy cow, those those lightsabers are micro small. Oh of- yeah. And uh, and then he was being balanced on this like millimeter wide ankle bone. I'm like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> yep, it wasn't just me, but the entire internet was complaining about Grievous's ankles. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I built him from the legs first. That's a smart idea. So. I have to give him credit, though, is that yeah, you, when you see some of that terrain, especially the Star Wars stuff, whether it be Legion or um, Shatterpoint or even, uh, yeah, I guess the main two games I've seen him train for, it definitely, there's no doubt, you know, what universe it's coming from. They did a really nice job of keeping the brand. So, mm-hmm. And I know with the topic of terrain, you and I had talked about some of the ideas that you're brewing and they all are really, really cool. We also might need an electrician. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, yeah, it's adding some lights to the terrain and stuff like that to some interesting projects. A lot of those are self-contained um, battery packs. Originally, I thought of uh, it had built tables in the past where all the wiring went through the uh, tabletop and into a wall socket. But um, in the lieu of you know varying terrain setups, whether using a GW or player place terrain, that's not real feasible, but um, yeah, there's some pretty cool new technology using smaller batteries, so that's always the hard part, is hiding the batteries, hiding the the wire so the lighting effect doesn't get spoiled. Mm Yep. But um, I know for the... Oh, yeah, that's what I should talk about. In October... There's a there's a local convention going on. It's the first one of it. And I'll actually be running a combat patrol event there for one of the local shops here. Oh, wow. Yep, so I will look up that event name, post it on our Facebook, show up with a combat patrol of your favorite army. Come roll dice. Because be this convention wants to try and get themselves off the ground. Yeah, it'd be nice to see. Because there's um, between the uh, games fair, which has been shelved, um, it's 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 done. Um, really, our two tournaments are you know between Scorch Earth Open and Spike Club Open. Those are really it, and they're, but they're, I wouldn't call those conventions, you know, per se. So it'd be kind of nice to see something else come out and uh, help promote the, the hobby as a whole. So that sounds pretty cool. Yep. And from talking with the the shop that I'm doing it for, it sounds like it's going to be out in Tolleson, which I know is kind of out of the way for some folks, but honestly, I still think the drive would be 
okay. And just come have fun. Bring some pretty models. Bring your favorite toys. Roll lots of dice. So normally this on the show where I go over your up-to-date uh, ITC standings, but I just did a quick glance and see if there's a last minute. But no, they are still not updated since the um, rolling out of 10th edition. So I'm not, they're cleaning things up or what they're doing at this point. So um, we need to move to alternate methods for ranking players before we get uh, too deep into this edition. So. See, what we should do is it be like, who has the best beard? And then just go from there. There we go. Which at that point, I think it's kind of an automatic. No, I don't think Sean Dayton has a beard. Yes, he does. Okay, then it's contention between Sean. No, no, it is Sean Dayton. Absolutely. We, we are running out of ways to rate the top players, aren't we, Eric? Yeah, we are. <laughs> So, but I am, yeah, I'm going to take a quick look at it this weekend. I had an idea and um, I just don't know how much bookkeeping it's going to keep. So it's not something I want to volunteer without being able to f- see it through through the end of the season. But uh, that actually, actually brings up another question. So last edition, we were doing, what, six month cycles for s- seasons? Yes. Uh, okay. Are we still doing that? Or is this Mission Pack, the Leviathan Mission Pack? the mission pack for the entire edition. Mm, I don't think they made mention of that plan. That's what I'm thinking. So we'll probably do Leviathan for a solid six months. And then right around then is when we'll see them teasing the next mission pack. And We'll have to go by those, and let's hope that they're not misprinted like Leviathan was. <laughs> yeah, that too. But also, there's something significantly different because that was some of the problems, some of the complaints about the changes. You know, that the missions were pretty much identical with only minor changes. But um, yeah, I was, just, I was trying to remember if I missed that, if they were going back to the uh, pretty much the Game Pass method of playing, which is similar to how video games work. So didn't pick up on that so i was making sure but uh, all right we'll, we'll work on that behind the scenes and work from there but uh, anything else to add robert before we close out the show uh no it's been a pretty late week for pretty much all of us yeah pretty late week from both standpoint we'll have bigger news next week from not the wtc but we'll see some other new products coming out at this point and maybe even news of some more balancing data slates but until then my name's eric Hi, I'm Robert. And thank you for listening to the Exterminatus Podcast. Hey listeners, this is Raymond with the Exterminatus Podcast here to talk to you about KR cases. If you're like me and you're constantly looking for that better way to store your armies, then look no further than KR cases. That's right, this is the foam company known for their soft blue foam in the cardboard cases. They're a great way to mix and match Whenever you're heading out for that next tournament, you can just swap out those boxes and no need to worry about switching the foam in and out. They're sturdy, the boxes help protect your models, and if you, when you order, 
they come fast, the order is right, and for a better price than the other guy. So go to krcases.com, and when you place your order, be sure to mention the Exterminatus podcast. Is your beer keg boring? Does it not have enough tentacles coming out of it? Does it not taste as funny as you remember because you didn't put a tear in it? Well, the wonderful makers of the Necro Nom 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 to replace your average pizza decided to come out with a, another book of the Lovecraft Cock. So they're from RedDukeGames.com and it will guide you through 78 different kinds of cocktails to summon a demon, summon a space bug. Who knows? Either way, it's going to be a very, very wonderful time, and we would highly recommend that you try to not ingest too many while at the gaming table, because we don't know exactly what's going to happen when you roll Perils of the Warp, or you roll a natural one on your persuasion check if you decide to play in So, if you're looking for fanciful drinks, go ahead and grab the Lovecraft Cocktails by the Mad Men at RedDukeGames.com, the makers of the Necro Nom Nom are you a gamer that has more bare plastic than you have time to paint? Do paintbrushes spontaneously combust when you hold them? If either of these is true, contact White Crow Studios and get your models painted by a college-trained professional painter. You can contact Bo at whitecrow.commissions at gmail.com and view his previously painted models at White Crow Studios on Facebook. <laughs> 